You're listening to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Thursday afternoon. And since it's Thursday, you know it. It's time for a bit of artsing around with Andrew Dambina. Andrew, I'm so happy to catch up with you again today. Even though it's a gloomy day, you brighten our days. <laughs> oh, what an intro. How on earth am I going to live up to that, Noreen? Exactly. Well, you know I'll how. Try my best. Yes, please share with us what have you got for us this afternoon? Well, I do have some uh, reports of things that are going on within the arts, and I want to start off to make sure that we hear this one in case we run out of time uh, with something that is happening very locally. And it started yesterday, but it's going on for three more days, and it is the second ever Spark Festival. So I will explain. Yeah. I'm going to explain what that is. I think you'll probably know about it already, Noreen, actually. We had them on for their very first year. It's organised by the British Council. That's right. Please Do you want to take over? No, 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 you go okay. for it. No, no it's, uh, yeah, the, the, the first ever one. Okay, that's interesting that you did. That was in 2019. Then last year, because of COVID, they decided that it wasn't practical to do it again. So the first one that where, where you would have spoken to some people, maybe organisers and participants, was held at Taekwun. And the, the, uh, the, the one for this year was hoped to be held in the same place, but uh, due to, you know, the sort of persistent um, uh, COVID situation in Hong Kong and regulations, it's been uh, changed to an online festival, all online. And as I, as I mentioned, it did start yesterday, but we want, we want to mention it today because there are still three days left and there's nothing happened yet today. So it's 40 different creative partners, meaning artists uh, who produce fine art, also dancers, people in education, people involved in digital arts, kind of the more cutting edge side of art performance and fusion arts. You know, those. There was something that I once mentioned uh, in this weekly report about one of the most amazing things that I think I've seen in the last 12 months, which was very much one of these collaboration of artists from different um, disciplines, such as sound artists, ceramic artists, and so on, that did one of the most amazing things that I've probably ever seen in Hong Kong, actually, which was a performance piece of musicians, dancers, uh, all dressed up with beautiful hanging ceramics by a ceramic artist, which was at the North Point Ferry Pier. I know I've veered off on a tangent, but the reason I have is because there are some collaborations going on in the Spark Festival by some local artists. But it's not all local artists. It's put on, as you said, by the British Council, who are behind organising it. And they are going to be working out the time difference from the UK and having a few... Um, artists in, in the various types of from performance to, uh, to fine arts talking about their work beaming in from the UK. But back to the local participants, there's a, an association this year with a disabled, the Disabled Association of Hong Kong. They're involved in a number of programs performing. So that's a really great step that's different from the first one to be doing something to a brainstorm to do something inclusive for those who are disabled and within what the uh, disabled association of, of hong kong is is doing is some dance uh, doing a, uh, a dance production under one of the sections of this festival called magpie dance and magpie dance is is dance in so many different formats 
not just in styles from classical, Asian or European or the actual style, but also in how it's presented to you, the viewer. And that means that some of them are going to be performances where you sit back and I mentioned some months ago that I enjoyed uh, seeing some uh, Hong Kong Arts Festival videos that were broadcast, but also um, it's got some dance workshops. So there's a series of interactive workshops that you can do. You can actually watch and dance along. You can get up and strut your dancing self while being shown how to do it. But don't worry, you're still watching it as an audience member, albeit an interactive one. So it's not a two-way video. No one's going to be seeing what you're doing or judging your fancy footwork should you put a step wrong. So that's all. that all sounds fun, to be doing something interactive with it as well. And the arts with the Disabled Association of Hong Kong that I just mentioned, who's doing something within that Magpie dance programme, is also the Festival Accessibility Partner, which is uh, advising on how they can make the, uh, the festival a bit more inclusive for those who are disabled, whether it's to do um, having problems with, let's say, uh, uh, visually or with sound and those kind of concerns, as it is a, um, an online festival, not something that people would be able to be uh, seen to seating. It's not, 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 not those kind of issues. Um, so that's something that sounds really quite, quite interesting. Um, and I think you can check for yourself what, program, what, what the programme is and register online. I'm just going to give you that detail. It's uh, www.britishcouncil.hk slash spark and as i said it's on till saturday night another another three days that's the 23rd of october and you can see examples of uh, of what uh, that there's video as well as uh, information about it and um if you want to see more visual examples and get some feedback from people who have been to some of the events yesterday you can go to social media either just um, just go to facebook youtube twitter or instagram and use the hashtag spark 2021 or hashtag british council hk or one word british council hk okay so that's noted that is the first segment um of something that you can do here and i'm glad i've mentioned it before time ran out because you've only got three more days do go to the british council.hk slash spark to find out more that's the main portal and changing the subject completely a new book came out just over a week ago, and there was an interesting um, review or pricey of it or looking into some of the details that came out of one of Surrealism's um, greatest artists. Now, anyone who went to the Surrealism exhibition in the uh, Museum of Art in Chimsa Choi will see that, um, uh, will see that this, this person took part in that as well. I'm talking about Man Ray. That's his artist's name, not his real name, but he was known as Man Ray. You may have heard of him or you may not. If you went to the Surrealism exhibition, he had some pretty interesting effects that were produced using black and white photography. And so it's, um, it's a book that's come out about his life and it is looking at some of the aspects that he wasn't really that well known for, like he seemed a bit of a loner that just overlapped around the time of the Surrealists in Paris and the rest of Europe, but they congregated in Paris mostly. Uh, but he also had a great relationship with another art movement called the Dada movement. 
don't know if you've ever heard of those uh, those, those Dadaism. artists. Sorry. Yeah, Dadaism. You heard of that? Yeah. Um, Who's that yeah. guy again? Well, Surreal- been, oh, yeah, the Dada is a realism guy. Yeah. We did him for, well, for theatre as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, there was Dada uh, performance as well. Basically, I, I, I don't know how the performance works, but with the visual arts that would go into galleries, it was, in some, in some occasions, it was nominating something to be art. Marcel Duchamp was the most famous Dada artist, and he declared that one ceramic men's urinal was art. This caused a massive controversy in the 1930s. And uh, he was also the guy that took a poster or a replica of the painting of the Mona Lisa by Leonardo da Vinci, and he put a moustache on the woman who modelled for it with a, with a, with a, like with a marker pen. So interesting, and, uh, but weird yeah, at the put- same time. Yeah, and he called that art as well. Hmm. I don't know if it was shown at the same time as the Rhinal in the same exhibition, but those are two of his classic art pieces. And Man Ray was not known to be really hanging out with the Dardarist. He was thought to be quite an insular character, but this book describes that he had a great relationship with that Marcel Duchamp and the other Dada artist crew, more than the surrealists that he's normally uh, lumped together with and was indeed in that uh, uh, Museum of Art exhibition in Chimsachoy. So he was born, his real name is Emmanuel Radnitsky, and he was, so he lived in, um, uh, in America, but he was of uh, Polish descent, and he really made his name doing solarization, which is something in photography where you print a photograph and what should be black in the photograph normally, he would change it in the darkroom to white. So it's the opposite. The kind of thing that you can do in three seconds with a phone app these days. But he was doing it in a very laborious, cutting-edge way to find out how he could manipulate light. And this was a kind of study of, of his that he spent years and years perfecting. It's hard to imagine now, when you get various apps on your phone, that these things would have been seen as you get reams and reams of articles about every special effect that, that was done that wasn't the conventional way of seeing photography. So um, the, I suggest if anyone's interested in this, that you read uh, a report on this, a very in-depth report. So it's the Art Newspaper, which is based in the UK. So it's theartnewspaper.com. And uh, it's, a, it's a great insight into one of the most I think he's one of, considered to be one of the most influential artists in photography in both fine art and commercial art because he really pushed things. Not only did he use that solarization, changing black into white and white into black technique, but he also used, he dropped in color into black and white, not in the old Victorian way of using, you know, very soft colors, like when you see some of the first photographs in Hong Kong by professional photographers, but in a very zappy way that would fit well into advertising billboards and stuff in that day. So that is, uh, that, that's the that's second thing that I wanted to talk about. And um, I also wanted to mention something, a, a news story that came out of the UK which was about an increasing type of hoodwinking or, well, a criminal activity, really, uh, where criminals gain the trust of the elderly who have valuable art collections or they go knocking at their door, a little bit like a program that is shown in the UK. And I think also possibly in Australia, there might be a version of it called the Antiques Roadshow, where they will go 
to uh, knock on people's doors and and tell them that they are there to try and help them get the best at auction for their artworks or antiques and just oh and they're tricking lo- yeah, the yeah. the elder the old people the elderly. yeah That's so and, it's, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it, it's a family business the conviction um that hit the newspapers in the uk last week was of a father and son duo des and gary pickersgill for the thefts of around nearly two million pounds so that's uh that would be over 20 million uh hong kong dollars from one single elderly widow's home from one person this was just one of the string of uh sort of fraud that they got involved with by saying that they were going to bring great rewards to people. And there's a brilliant picture, which I didn't send you, unfortunately. I should have done, Noreen, of, uh, of the father who has white hair and he's shaking a walking stick at the at the photographer uh, as he was on his way to court when he was given a six-year sentence for his part in uh, Valleyballs. But it's not, it's not only this father and son. It's not all about this duo, the father and son, the old man and his kind of middle-aged son going around doing this. You can imagine uh, an old man. The, the guy in the photo is white-haired. Mm-hmm. He's got a shirt. He's got a he's got a smart shirt on. And he, these are people who you wouldn't expect to be there to kind of con you, really. Um, but it's but you it's not. It's yeah, not only, there's no. You can't really tell. Yeah, unfortunately. But yeah, so the, 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 yeah. The, 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 the unlikely ones are the worst. Yeah, I think so. And the uh, so the report is saying that there are a growing number of what are being called knockers, which uh, Hmm. are the popular name for criminals who make a a habit of knocking on people's doors, well, um, senior citizens' doors in particular, before deceiving them into taking um, a lower fee for what is a very valuable item. And so that is something of a bit of a craze. Wouldn't happen in Hong Kong's high rise, would it? Because you've got people. Well, I'm not saying that the security guards in all Hong Kong flats are always at, at the most alert as they could be. But I don't think that you'd get people going around knocking on doors doing that in Hong Kong. Never heard of it. No, I've not never so. heard of that. But I've, you know, there are other ways that people, you know, that there are people who say I'm going to pray for your good health. You know, those kind of gangs in Hong Kong, or they, or they kind of sell you um, metal uh, bracelets for your good health, or, or like really uh, medicinal pillows or something. Something. There's always some weird yeah, scams but, in but, Hong Kong, but not yet. Yeah, not not the art. But, they, but but the ones that you mentioned though, is that more because I mean you do read all the time about phone cons where uh, some some poor um, susceptible older person, yeah, will will um, be whatever there'll be some pretend some some sort of scam but but uh, but the ones you're talking about do those happen on the street rather than trying to get into door to door yeah door to door or on the streets oh. or usually uh yeah word of mouth so maybe if i'm a papa and and i got scammed and i and i and i'm wearing like a a, a bangle or something and i tell my friends oh if you get this bangle it's really good for your health my arthritis is gone and then i'll introduce you to the to the to the thieves or you know those people and then that's how it's like done by word of mouth it's pretty bad oh i see right not so good not so good well just to wrap up the one that i'm talking about um jade items were uh, in the possession of this frail elderly widow's collection and from the uh yeah from the just under two million pounds worth 
of things that were taken. Um, the the idiots that stole it, the father and son, actually took it to Bonhams, one of the biggest auction houses internationally, as well as the base in the UK, and it sold for five hundred thousand pounds. That's over over five million for four jade pieces, which wow. were um, de- decorative. That's uh, you know. It's I just, wonder if and, the victims get the items back, or I don't know. You know, you think justice is served, like those guys that the, the bad guys get captured. But do they get? Do they take the money back? And if if they give the money back, to, to, to you know, do they get the items back? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, we'll probably never know. Don't know. Don't yeah. know. Yeah, and um, the, the the last thing I'm going to mention today is back to something local again, and it's uh, it's a Hong Kong art hub, so-called art hub chief. Um, that has been fending off national security law attacks, mm-hmm. um, saying that it has become a hub for um, groups that uh, have been wanting independence. A base of independence is what it's been called by some um, by some media in Hong Kong. But the report that I got this article from over the last week was actually from the South China Morning Post. And um, the art and culture outreach program which is taking place at the food hack building in causeway bay um has gone on record in this story as uh, denying that it was a base of independence so have you ever heard of that building in causeway bay it's uh it's got a load of studios in there and it's also the home to um this ngo called the art and culture outreach aco which has uh 20 units over a couple of floors and it gives grants to artists that want to um, have studios but can't afford their own space. So, is it on Hennessy Road? Um, I'm Next just, to a I haven't got the address or something in front of me. I, I, don't, I, I think it is on Hennessy Road. It's, it's, uh, but it basically, it's, yeah, it's on one of the main roads. It could well be Hennessy, actually. I'm not sure. Yeah, but it's maybe. Yeah, it, um, it, yeah. it is in the main part of Causeway Bay. And it's uh, and it offers kind of subsidised studio space, basically. And yeah. it found itself, you know, kind of in oh, the no. line of fire from pro Beijing media as one of the latest. It's the kind targets. of thing you really don't want to be accused of in this sort of in no. this climate in this day and age. No, exactly. No, and it's um and and there haven't been at this stage any serious um, evidence or findings of this. It's been one of those kind of you know sort of uh, blowing up rumours as as happens with different associations or whatever in the last several months. But, um, uh, yeah, it was really uh, all kinds of things were mentioned by uh, East Week and Wenwei Po, of course, and other mm. other, um, other pro-Beijing uh, media. Yeah, other, other, other yeah. pro-Beijing media. Um, the one thing, though, that, that maybe did set them off on this kind of track was that, uh, the, that there had been some uh, record that the centre not only had been home to um, to art studios, which which were people getting on with producing art, but it had also been uh, been a place where there was an office for the now disbanded Demosisto opposition party. So oh. um, so that so that may that may have tarnished the uh, the, the image building in the reputation. Of the pro- yeah, <laughs> yeah, the yeah, building itself. Yeah, yeah, being, ha- yeah it could that. have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's but but that's that's just something that's been in the news. And I uh, there was a long form article on that in the South China Morning Post. I, w- I post. I won't go into more detail. But uh, you know, ever since the national security law came out, we wondered how it would affect artists and stuff. And it seems that uh, even though this was this is far from any conclusions being drawn 
in the report that uh, that I'm speaking of, it was uh, it was to do with other um, occupancy um, that had been in the building. But having said that, who knows? They might probe it further and find other mm. things. Yeah. Wow. Good sharing that, today, Andrew. Lots, uh, something for everyone. I'm, I'm particularly saddened by the, 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 the two idiots from the UK that con the old people for their valuables. That's just really sad. Yeah. I mean, and they're, and they're, and they're, uh, yeah, and they're only part of a, um, you know, of, of a, of a growing, um, uh, sort of, uh, yeah, if you like, yeah, to, 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 to do this around the country. So, uh, so, I mean, insurance companies have also, because this has happened to more than just the woman that I mentioned, she was mentioned in the article because it was such a massive amount of money, but uh, it's happened to people on a much lesser scale as well. But because of the increase of this kind of crime, the insurance companies who will um, give people compensation for stolen items in their home are now insisting that people keep artworks and get them valued and put them in safes. So that uh, so that this thing can't. I mean, it wouldn't. It still wouldn't stop if you get a knock at your door and you're you're a believing kind of person that people are trying to help you to uh, you know to recognise. And you can imagine maybe the con men have a look of amazement when they're seeing something like, oh, you'll get a load for that, and then and then either buy it for a much lower amount and make their own huge profit, as in, as was the case with the father and son. That I mean, the, the safes won't help from that case, but I think some of the cases have involved people also looking through artworks and while classic sort of while one person keeps the old the old person uh, home resident busy the other one is filling up their bag with uh, with booty so uh, <laughs> yeah but well, well, when I say booty, I'm talking about the kind of stuff which is the pirates would do not the other kind of booty <laughs> no, that would be ridiculous yeah, that would be another crime <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. full of bottoms well on this yeah. note Andrew yeah. that's not the booty that you're referring to thank you Absolutely so, not. thank you so much for your sharing and I look forward to more art news uh, with you next week thank you very much indeed take care thanks bye thank you too Noreen bye now